The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Hewitt. In this episode, I'm so honored to have Jen Atkin here with us. You know her as a celebrity hairstylist and founder of Way, but to me, she's my friend, big sister, and mentor. She's given me so much advice in my life and career that I had to have her on the podcast to chat about her career journey, advice for new brands, and of course, to talk about her new book that's out now. Jen, I am so excited to have you on. Congratulations, podcaster. I'm so excited that this is happening. I know. Well, I'm so excited because today, officially, your book comes out. Your first book, Blowing My Way to the Top. So I got to know about this name of this book. So I wanted something that you would remember, and I wanted something that was controversial and also funny. And when I was thinking of titles, it was like Making Waves. or It was just like (laughs) all the titles were so basic. And so I begged my publisher, if we could call it Blowing My Way to the Top. And they thought, I was like, don't answer yet. Think on it. Let's talk Monday. And they came around and they were like, okay, we are going to trust you here. So I, again, following my gut instinct, and I'm so obsessed with how it turned out. It's so funny. I love it. It's so good. And anyone who knows you, like your sense of like humor and just your personality, like I feel like people will totally get the tone of that throughout the whole book and like really get to know who you are. And so I love it. And I think it's so great and so memorable. Thank you. I had to call my Mormon parents and explain to them my book was going to be called Blowing My Way to the Top. And that was a fun conversation. <laughs> <to have. laughs> All right. So in the book, you talk about how to break rules, finding your purpose, creating the life and the career you deserve. So what rules do you really think people should be breaking? I think a great example of that is kind of like I'm sitting in our office at Way. And I, I think, you know, I've been kind of really proud to see our team throughout the year, you know, it's been a tricky one. And I think, you know, we've all kind of had to navigate this like business world and the beauty industry and trying to like, make sure everyone's okay mentally, you know, one thing that I really tried to strive for is creating an environment that feels fun. You know, I want an environment that doesn't feel hostile. I like want everyone to feel like their voices is heard at way. I want everyone to feel like, we have basically like the penthouse and we mapped it out, laid it out, used Eric, who we both love from Maison Trouvaillet. And like, we don't have office suites for like senior management. Everyone is in an open floor plan together. And like, that was one thing, like, you know, I, I kind of felt like, I just want everyone to really feel like it's a collaborative, you know, environment. And I didn't want anyone to feel like bummed out to come to work. So we usually have music going. We just, I don't know, it's a really fun, it's beautiful, but it's also like everyone's very productive, but we have a really fun environment. I just, I, this is my first time in an office environment and I wanted to make sure, you know, I kind of asked everyone like, what did you hate at your last job? And like, what did you love? And so we've kind of created this really cool, fun environment. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to come see it eventually when we're all back to work. <laughs> A lot of people already know your career journey, but for those who don't, I think they see you now as like a brand founder, celebrity hairstylist, but you had a really long journey to get to where you are today and a lot of years of really hard work. So how long ago did you start doing hair and how long did you assist at the very beginning? This was super fun for me writing the book because I got to actually go through my iPhoto and my Blackberry photos, really stop and like reminisce on each part of like the milestones and and each 
step of the way. And it's been incredible to kind of see, you know, like the things that I, that I would have done differently, the things that I'm really happy that I did, but I started doing hair in like 2006 on my own. And before that assisted for like a good four years and managed a salon. So from the, I guess would be the North conference room in our office, I can actually see the salon that I started out as a receptionist at and the Chase Bank down the street that I used to like rush to every Friday to put my paycheck in. Oh my gosh. That's like one of our old summer Fridays offices, the last like co-working space we were in was across the street from the very first job I had in LA. And I remember working at that job and like sitting and crying at my desk. And so it's so weird now to be in like another position and be looking at like where I used to work. Isn't it so awesome? I like, I sometimes just go in there and look out the window and just, I'm still so in awe and also just grateful. And it's, it's really awesome, but it's important, I think, to like, think about those early days. Cause I never really did. I was just, you know, hustling. And then someone who really is in the early days, like, I think it's different now because when you were starting out, I think you really did have to work your way up from being an assistant, being in a salon, but now it's a lot different, the path to becoming a celebrity hairstylist. So what advice do you have to somebody who wants to do that now? Well, that's what was fun about writing the book is that I think a lot of it really, you know, I was in the hairstyling world and the celebrity styling world pre-Instagram and post. And I think that, you know, I really utilized Instagram to market myself as a stylist and to also like, you know, crowdsource as a business person. And I would say, you know, that's what was fun is to go back and see kind of like the foundation from growing up Mormon and really having like these kind of like old fashioned values and these core principles that, you know, I kind of like laughed at as a kid. It really did kind of create the foundation for my life. And I think that, you know, whether it's somebody who like my clients can trust, you know, being somebody who like can keep a secret and be there and really like treat my clients like human beings and not like celebrities that like, you know, I mean, I've seen it all throughout my career. I've seen stylists who have like sold stories. I've seen people who, you know, kind of like have an ego and it just gets the best of them in the styling world. And it's been really amazing for me to be able to like mentor assistants as, you know, as I've come up and and watch them kind of use those same values and and really like flourish and, and thrive. One of the things in the book that you talk about is like paying it forward. And like, you don't just speak that, like it's truly who you are. Not only have you done that for me and been like so incredible in my own business and career, but you do that with main addicts, with your other stylists too. And so you really like walk the walk and what you've done with main addicts and given the platform to aspiring stylists is amazing. Like, I feel like they're all so grateful for what you've done for them. I hope. Oh my God. I like just yelled at Ironelle. She's at Heronelle on Instagram. I yelled at her the other day because she keeps like thanking me in her pictures of work she's done. And I'm like, okay, little bird, you're free. Like you, <laughs> you need to not thank me anymore. You're on your own. And you've like done such a great job on your own already. It's so fun for me, Mariana. I have to say like, I, I get so excited when I talk about like what the team's doing and what like Justine Marjan was an assistant of mine and she's like completely paved this incredible career for herself. And I feel like I just am so happy to be able to pay it forward. And I always wanted, I remember like, you know, I had a lot of doors shut in my face and I remember kind of coming up in a very male dominated industry. So I wish I would have had that when I first came on the scene. And, you know, I did have a lot of guys who who opened the door and helped, you know, lift me up and give me a platform. But I I just really, you know, I, it's important for me to 
to not only create a team of women and help promote female talent in that way and main addicts, but also with my assistants. And how do you think someone could pay it forward? Like, how do you think other people could help, you know, others? Because not everyone has like a big platform like you, but I think there are still small ways to help other people, especially like women in your same industry. Yeah, I think that, you know, again, it's all about who you hire and really nurturing, nurturing them. You know, I I try to show and be an example to my assistants and show them like the good and the bad side of, of running your own show, you know, like whether you're having your own like crisis in your life. It's like when you're on set or you're with a client and you're in a service industry, like you have to turn that off and no one wants to have your negative energy around. And it's really, you know, I have, um, I have a chapter in the book called, it's not about you. No, (laughs) really. It's not about you. And, you know, I try to just really mentor them. I try to teach them to build camaraderie and really like not be competitive and not be jealous and really like help them to learn how to navigate through, you know, not only work, but life issues too. And it's, it's been really fun for me now to be able to be at the place in my life where I can share that advice to everyone and, and help them kind of, you know, create the life that they want. I can't wait for people to read the book because I feel like they'll walk away so inspired no matter like what you're trying to do in your professional or personal life. And I've seen how much you've evolved, even like the last few years, like how much you've changed since I feel like self-care has really become a really important thing for you in your life and like setting those intentions and going to Hoffman. And I feel like you've got such a good hang now on work-life balance. Totally. I saw your your comment actually on one of my posts where you said, I love, what did you say? I love mental, I love mental health, Jen. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> wellness, well, Jen. You said I love well, wellness, Jen. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I write about it in the book because here I was like in a place where I was so like hitting all of the goals that I wanted. I, my life had just become this, like, it was incredible, but it was, I was saying yes to everything and getting validation through work. And I think, you know, obviously going to Hoffman really helped. I kind of hit rock bottom. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was like going on so many planes. I was trying to just do it all. And a few things happened. I had a panic attack. I write about it as well. Like my husband was there, thank God. And you know, that kind of woke me up. I fainted in the middle of the night. I had a dislocated disc in my neck from just working and sleeping on planes. And then one of my best friends, who was like my sister, we've been best friends since we were 12, like sent me a text and and said something like, are we just going to look back in 20 years and like laugh at like what a bad friend you you're being, you know, I wasn't like showing up. And so those few things um, really helped me to kind of just get myself to a place where I was like, okay. And this year, I think, Mariana, for everyone especially, we've all been able to take time to really, I think, self-reflect and and try to navigate through this hard time. But I definitely feel like I have been able to find balance and, and make time in my emotional connection with people in my life. And it's been so fulfilling. And it's like, you know, I was just business Barbie. I was like (laughs) caught up in the hustle porn, didn't have time for my social life. I missed so many birthdays, so many, you know, baby showers, so many weddings. And, but, you know, I also know that I had to put in the work to get to where I am, but I definitely am just really excited for the future. I love all of that. Cause I think that this year was like, okay, I can't even imagine going back to like how life was before 2020. Like everyone says like, oh, I can't wait for it to go back to normal. And I'm like, maybe it doesn't need to go back to normal. Maybe we're all just changing and adjusting. And I feel like that's what I learned this year. Like a lot of those things I thought were necessary 
maybe they're not. And I think I just had career FOMO. And I felt like I was missing out on opportunities and I had to say yes to stuff. And looking back, I'm like, did I really need to do that thing? You know, we were caught up in this like feminist movement and it's really exciting and it's amazing. And I also think that there were times where I felt ungrateful if I didn't say yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it really is, there's another chapter in the book called Balance is Bullshit where I kind of break down, you know, what I was trying to achieve and now kind of the healthy habits that I have and, and how much better I feel, you know, and I'm not doing all the things I used to do, but I do feel so much better now. And I think it's important too, to really like, especially during hard times to really like hone in on what you do have control over, because this year taught us like, you cannot plan everything. And the unknown is so scary. And I think like, it's really important. And you're really good at promoting this too, Mariana. Your Instagram account is literally goals for everybody. (laughs) And I think like, you know, you're really, you and I both are very like practic- practical and like, I think we're like-minded in that way. And you do such a great job of like teaching people good, healthy habits. And it really does make a difference if you hold yourself accountable and start just making small changes every day. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like work-life balance, cause I feel like that's something that this year almost forced you to have. How do you schedule out your time now to make sure you're not getting burnt out even more? Cause it's kind of like now we live at work. So there's no separation of home and work anymore. I am really good about, I actually have for the first time in my life, I have a routine and it's been incredible. And I, you know, get up now at 6.30 a.m. I have from 6.30 until 10 a.m. for me. And that's the time that I have coffee. I spend time with my dogs. I do my gratitude list in my five-minute journal. I do the Hoffman meditation in the morning. I work out in our garage. And then like I take time to, usually in the shower, I'm really bad. I like listen to podcasts in the shower or you know, I like, that's my, it's just my time to like catch up on social media. Like sometimes I'm DMing you at like 7 a.m. <laughs> you're probably like, get a life. But, and then I go in increments of 90 minutes where I don't have anything else distracting me. And I really am so much more productive by doing that. So whether it's emails or Zooming with the teams or shooting like IG lives or, you know, shooting content or doing tutorials on reels, it's like, I really have everything now in chunks. So I'm so much more productive than before. I feel like I was just spinning plates and hoping like to not drop anything. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard t- like stop at the end of the day where you're like, I won't work past this time? Yeah. My boundary now is 10 to five, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to five is work. I, I take weekends off. I very rarely will work on a Saturday, Sunday. It's just, I notice that like, I am not showing up that as the best version of me, if I'm overworked. And I recognize that now. One weekend, I was like, I'm not going to do any emails this weekend. And what happened on Monday, I was so much more productive because I actually had time off where I wasn't doing anything and nothing urgent happened. And if it did, someone would text me. And I was like, okay, I, I think I can do this now every weekend. And it really is so much better for like my work life and my sanity. And I just feel better at my job now taking that time off. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like, I mean, Mariana, you have so many jobs. You're you're like killing it with content. You're so good at doing informative content and like being consistent with it and having everybody along your journey with you. And you're really great at all the Summer Fridays content, oh, everything. Thank so, you. But, you know, it is a lot of work and you have to create those boundaries or else, you know, you're going to look back and 
and just regret a lot. I want to like take a step backwards and talk about like the beginning days of Way because you started working on it. Um, I think I saw a picture in your book that you started like working with labs in like 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you were working on the brands in 2014, what were your like first steps? How did you find your labs? Like, what did you do at the very beginning? Oh my God. I wish I had this book, like my very first notebook. I have it at my house, but I basically just like started Googling and I started asking around, you know, you and I both are really lucky to have some incredible like business, like female entrepreneurs in our lives. And I would just kind of ask around. Jessica Alba has been an incredible um, soundboard, Catherine Power. Kardashian and Christy Teigen, like all of my friends and clients that are, you know, have also been building their own brands. So I just basically remember writing down like marketing, PR, social strategy, formulation, you know, stability testing. Like I just was asking around and I remember, you know, sitting with Sonia Keshuk because I just like loved what she did at Target. And I, she was like one of the pioneers, you know, in really creating product that you wanted in that space. And so I remember asking her questions. I had lunch with Sally Hirschberger one day because she had an amazing product line. And, you know, it was just all about really just being fearless and and asking for help, which helped me really skip the line. And that's what I'm hoping that my book will help do with other people. Did you have fear at that point in time? Like, were you scared of doing it or were you just like, I'm going for this? Like, no, no fear. No fear. Honestly, like I didn't know how successful it would be. That really kind of blew me away. But I believed so much in what the vision was and what I wanted to create. And, you know, it's funny because I think people don't understand. I think like lines are being blurred now where people see somebody tied to a brand and they don't understand whether or not that person like was in the trenches. And like, you know, you're like I am. Like I was in the trenches. Like this was my idea. I, you know, paved the streets and the, you know, got an investor and then like made it come to life. And, you know, through the help of our team and a lot of great people around me, like it came, it came to uh, fruition, but I wasn't fearful. Like I always believed in what I was doing. I love that. And if somebody wants to start a beauty brand now or any company really, but I think beauty specifically, there's a lot coming out right now. What do you think someone should think of before starting a brand to really make their stand out in the, in the sea of others? I think it's important to really know like your point of difference, you know, like really do your due diligence. I remember like, as I was traveling with clients around the world, I would like in my small amounts of time off, I would go to Liberty in London and I would go to the Dubai mall in Dubai, I would like go everywhere and just really see what was out there in the hair space. And I remember just doing a ton of research. You know, I looked at luxury lines, I looked at mid luxury lines, I looked at mass market, like I really wanted to make sure that like, what I was putting out there was filling a hole and was like, you know, something that was necessary and wasn't didn't exist already. And I think also, you know, it's not so easy. In the past, I think about the 80s and 90s. And when our marketing team will go back and we'll sometimes look at old advertisements. It's so funny how like brands really just came out with whatever and told you what you needed to do. And a lot of it was like based on making you feel bad about what you look like or who you are, like it was going to fix everything and make you feel good about yourself. And things are so different now. And I think that people really appreciate authenticity. I know that's like such a buzzword, but they really appreciate a brand being transparent they really appreciate knowing who's behind the brand and being a part of the process. 
So I think it's important to really like, obviously utilize social media in any way that you can. And again, like just really do your due diligence and see what's out there. Yeah, I think that's so helpful when starting a new brand now because I think there are there is space for new brands. There's space for everybody. And especially being direct to consumer, you don't have to worry about trying to get into a retailer. It just really has to be different and unique from what's already out there. So don't copy somebody else because someone's already doing it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. A lot of our businesses have been affected by COVID this year. What advice do you have for business owners who are trying to like navigate whether it's stores being closed or not being able to have like their normal marketing activation? First and foremost, the number one thing that you need to take a look at is your team and making sure that like, again, like the mental health, the state of your team is like doing whatever you can to help them, especially, you know, during this time, like the pandemic we all got really, you know, scared at first. And then, you know, as a leader, you know, my CEO has been incredible at really like taking time to do town halls and, and sit down with everybody and make sure that everyone's okay. What can we do to make things easier for you at home? Because it's overwhelming. You know, we have members of our team that are single, that are isolated, that are, you know, sitting in an apartment alone for all of these months. And then we have team members who have kids who are really trying to, you know, do a lot. And so I think that's the first thing you need to look at is just really taking care of your team members. And then again, it's just kind of like, you know, pivoting the best you can. I mean, I remember once my calendar cleared and I was like, oh my God, what <laughs> am I going to do with myself? Like I, I can't be around anybody. So I grabbed a doll head in my garage and started doing, you know, tutorials on my <laughs> IDU TV and like teaching people how to cut their boyfriend or their spouse's hair and people how to cut their own bangs. And, you know, I think it's really important to just pivot. And I think a lot of, we've seen a few, you know, businesses that have kind of really come up this year from, from doing that. Mm -hmm. They've gotten really creative. And speaking of your content, a lot of people ask me about this bun video that you posted. They need it slowed down. So they need another bun video. (laughs) I even tried to watch it. And like, once you twisted the hair, I'm like, I need to like see you in person. So you can teach me how to do this bun. You guys, I was so proud that I'm getting tutorials done in 15 to 30 seconds. Like, oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. I promise. I love it. We were just talking about your team when you guys are hiring new employees or, you know, when the managers are hiring new people, what do you guys look for in employees? Is it a resume always, or is it like more of a personality thing? Do they have to have worked at a beauty company before? Not necessarily. Our team is very like everyone comes from like different backgrounds, not necessarily just beauty. There are actually, I'm looking, I'm pulling this up in my notes right now. There are questions that I love to ask for during interviews. So oh, yeah. I, I always ask what bothers you most about other people to kind of like gauge to see like, you know, you can always tell from that question if somebody's like a team player or not. Um, I ask about a day when everything went wrong and how they handled that. I ask about a colleague that they really got along with and why. I ask them what's something that they can teach me or teach the company. And then I ask them to tell me about someone that they admire and why they do. And, you know, I also like to ask like what they're proud of from their previous experiences at other companies. Cause I really, you know, I appreciate when somebody is confident enough to kind of toot their own horn. And it kind of shows me that like when they need to step in and lead, like they truly can do it. And then I like to ask, I usually ask like, if you ran your own company, what kind of people would you hire and why? And those questions really have helped me to like kind of gauge who the person is. And, you know, everybody, always, it's a first date. So everyone always kind of says what you want to hear, but I feel like those kind of have helped me to kind of break through and 
and see if the person would be a good addition to the team. Those are great. I might have to use those in the future. (laughs) (laughs) If people are looking for a job at Way, do you guys post them on your social or on LinkedIn, just in case anyone's trying to work for you? Yeah, we actually use um, Headhunter and then we do post on LinkedIn. Yeah. Mm I think that's like the best place. I go on there all the time. I'm not even looking for a job. I don't need a, I don't need another job, but I always like love looking through the postings online and there's so many great opportunities. And I think it's just a numbers game of like trying to apply for as many things as possible. Yeah, totally. And I think like it's important to really, you know, be consistent and checking out what's out there because you never know, you know, like if you're not finding something that looks right, just don't give up. It's kind of like a dating app, you know, like keep opening Raya, keep opening <laughs> keep swiping. Tinder. Keep swiping. (laughs) And then if someone's not happy in their job right now, because I think this year people are like, they're realizing things, you know, like they're really thinking about what they want to do. What advice do you have for somebody who's truly unhappy in their job if it's not something they want to do long-term? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I don't want to encourage people to make any like harsh or rash decisions. I think you want to definitely like take your time and think about your next steps, especially if you don't have like a big savings account. But I definitely feel like it's important for you to not be miserable at work, you know, because I I just know too many people that from being a hairstylist, you know, I've seen and heard it all. And I have clients who had come in for like six years and complained about their job. And I think that, you know, at times, like the scariest thing is change. And I think that like, when I went through the book, and I was writing it, like, I noticed that the moments that I actually like, took a leap of faith and the moments that were scary and I just made a move were the times that like I started to really see major change in my life and got to like do the things that I really wanted to do and like make my dreams come true. And, you know, it's the same in personal like relationships. I think when people aren't happy in a relationship, you know, I always tell my clients, I'm like, it's one weekend, you know, it's a hard conversation. It's one weekend. It's hiring a mover. You're going to be fine. It means you know, if you're this unhappy, something's not working, you need to fix it. So mm-hmm. I think this, the same is true at work, but I definitely feel like you want to make sure that you, you know, have like a little nest egg. So you're mm-hmm. not panicking and just going to, you know, whatever job comes up. Something else I wanted to ask you about that was in the book was a chapter called Rack Up Those Contacts. And I think you're very good at networking. And I think networking is so, so important. What advice do you have for people who are trying to network right now, but obviously it's digital only. So you can't go to events, you can't meet people. Like, do you just slide into the DMs? Yeah. I mean, if I were trying to network right now, I would be, there's an incredible, um, oh God, Mike's on it all the time. It's that app where you can go in and have conversations based on certain topics with strangers. Do you oh, know I don't it? know what that is. I oh think I've God. seen it's like TikToks of it before, but I don't know what it's called, but it looks like, like it just like rolls through people. Honestly, it's called like conference room or something like that, or it's called top. I'm going to ask Mike, but yeah, I'll figure it out and we'll have to put a link to it or something, but it's such an, I, he's on it and I just like hear him talking to strangers about certain topics. And I'm like, that is such a great way to network right now. I think, you know, definitely sliding the DMs, even commenting during people's IG lives, like just do whatever you can to put yourself out there. And, you know, once we do start being able to like do things in person or social distance and have, you know, events and stuff, it's just, it's important to, uh, to stay social and, and keep yourself, you know, out there. And do you like to just like keep in touch with people like in between seeing them to just like, like when you were coming up, would you just try to stay top of mind with people? That's so funny. I don't think I ever did that one-on-one, but what I would do 
is like when I was trying to promote myself and like get my own clients and salon, I would send out like a blast email and whoever is listening that got those blast emails, I'm sorry, but I, you know, would be like, I've got, you know, I'm going to be in the salon on Saturday and I would send it to like any publicist that I'd ever met or, you know, my regular clients in case they wanted to tell somebody else. And I would do like different events and stuff at the salon to try to get people to come in and, and it worked. But now it's funny that you say that I actually have a list of people in my phone that I try to check in on a friend every day. Oh, I love that. Doing this year. So like, the end of my day when I'm taking the dogs out for a walk, I try to like call and just like make sure that, you know, my friends are doing okay. Oh, I love that. I need to do that. I'm really bad because I used to use my time when I was driving to call people because I would like use the commute to call people, but I'm not commuting anymore. So I just need to find some time like on a walk to, to call some people. <laughs> All about the walk and talk. I know. I need to do that. You're actually the second person. Bobby Brown said that's something she does too. Like every day she goes for a walk and on her walk, she makes her phone calls and like just catches up with new people. I love that Steve Jobs used to only take meetings like on a walk with people. It's like the best. I feel I think so much more clearly when I'm like out amongst trees and just like getting fresh air. Grounding. I wanted to ask a quick, a couple quick questions. But what passions do you have outside of work? I love music. I love dancing. I love hiking. I love being with my dogs. It's so weird to ask now because we can't do all the things that I love. But <laughs> yeah, I used to love going to concerts and I really love hosting people at our house. Like remember our game nights we used to have? Very competitive. I was trying to win that. I, I have like four Dysons already, but I was like really trying to win another Dyson. You have to tell people this. It's like, I'm so weird, you guys. I would have people over and like, we would have these great prizes and I would literally go in my garage to see like what I had in my garage that I could give out as a gift. That was never planned. And I'd be like, shit, I've got five Dyson hair dryers. Okay, that's going to be the winner's big prize. It was so fun. And actually something that you did at your game night, which I think other people can do, especially with holidays coming up, if you end up being with like, you know, close groups of friends or whatever, but you would take our phones away. So we walk in the door, Jen has these like little bags by the front door. You have to put your phone away. So you actually hang out, talk to people and not look on your phone. And it made you talk to people because there would be people that I didn't know that you would have over. And I was talking to new people and actually present. And I, I loved and hated that you did that. <laughs> <laughs> I know we would get a lot of, of grief at the door, but then when people are leaving, they're like, it was so nice not looking at my phone. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, that was one thing that Mike and I really loved seeing is people actually like looking into other people's eyes and not getting distracted from their phone and not having to look something up to show them, you know, you really were kind of, it's just so old school, but it was fun. We, I can't wait till we can do that so again. Fun. If you could have a job that wasn't any of the jobs you've already had or have, what would you want to be? A dog groomer. Oh, love that. It's like a related field, but I guess it's combining some of your favorite things. I've been watching Hot Dog on HBO Max and it is like a dog grooming competition show and it's my favorite thing in the world. So, Someone's got to have you on to judge one of these dog grooming shows. Oh, please. I Putting would it out there. a dog groomer or a singer on a cruise ship, but they're not really working right now. All-time favorite whey product and current favorite whey product. All-time favorite would be our wave spray. It's one of the first SKUs we ever came out with. And I literally have so many people tell me they, they love it. I would say now I'm really obsessed with our Byredo dry shampoo, super dry shampoo collab. I was going to ask you also your, your dream collab because I feel like you love Byredo. You've done Off-White. You did Summer Fridays. So any other dream collabs that you want to do? You're the queen of collabs, by the way. They're so fun. 
I love like doing them with like unexpected brands. Like we did like food and ice cream and stuff this year. And like, they're just like fun things to do. And I, we just try to get creative this year. You guys really killed it. I would say I would don't, I have two, but I don't want to tell everybody because then somebody might steal our idea, but I can safely say, cause I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I would love to collab with Hello Kitty. Oh my God. I love it. That's so cute. I just, everybody loves Hello Kitty. Like Hello Kitty or Minnie Mouse or Barbie. I would love to collab with. Oh, I love those. And what celebrity client has the best hair? <laughs> they're they're going to say, what celebrity client is the worst to work with? <laughs> Can you imagine we ended it on that note? Like, I feel like all the girls have great hair though. Like they have really Honestly, good hair. Every girl has great hair. I'd say like Jess Alba has incredible hair. Gigi Hadid has incredible hair. Like they all really have good hair. I just... Their hair always looks better after I'm with them though. You're like, we did a shoot one time and you did my hair like three times in 20 minutes and they were completely different looks. I could not believe like, you're just like so skilled. It's on another level. I couldn't believe how fast you did it. It was just like, it was amazing. I loved it. Oh, thank you. One of my favorite all time looks that you did was Bella Hadid for the Harper's Bazaar Icons party. It was like the... Bob and it was Ooh, like under yeah. with like she had the tan outfit on. Yeah. She had that like bodysuit. It was like a nude bodysuit. Yes. And we were so inspired, like Anne Margaret and like 60s, like really big hair, like bombshell hair. Where do you get inspiration from when you're like trying to do new looks? Cause I feel like even like when you did Hailey Bieber for the Met Gala, that was such a fun look that so many people recreated. But I feel like you're so creative when it comes to looks. Oh my God. Honestly, I will say probably 75% of the time, my clients come to me with ideas. Like I cannot take credit. They are so creative. But I do have like, I have a Finsta that I've never told anybody, but I'll give you the exclusive. (laughs) Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I have a Finsta called Too Busy Call Back. And (laughs) it is all hair inspiration. And it's just things that I love. So it's got 90s supermodels and then it's got Bratz dolls. I have a little like Lizzie McGuire, Mary Kate and Ashley from back in the day when they were young. It's all over the place. So I would say that is like my little, my little like fun, you know, mood board place. I love that. Well, I'm so happy your book is coming out and that people can read the whole thing and get all of the inspiration and advice that I'm so lucky to get from you all the time because you're just so supportive. You are the best. You truly like walk the walk when you talk about paying it forward and I'm just so grateful for you and your friendship and I'm so happy for you and your book. Oh, Mariana, thank you. I am so proud of you and it's been so awesome. Like I love that you and I will send each other pictures from like five years ago, like Paris Fashion Week or at the Sephora event that we were at. Like it's so fun to look at the progress and like, you know, I think that you're somebody who really is like such a great, you're such a good, wholesome person. And I feel like, you know, you really are so... I just feel like your goals on so many levels, you're so authentic and you just really, I'm telling you, like everybody always talks about your Instagram or like, I'm not doing enough. Mariana just like is so great at just explaining things and helping people get information. And it's awesome. I've bought so many things because of your page, by the way. It's (laughs) It's like what I truly love to do. And I think that's why I like wanted to end up having this podcast because like my happiness comes from like inspiring and sharing with other people. And like, I will get offended if a friend buys something without asking me like what the best thing is first. And so I'm so glad that other people get to experience it now. I also got a copy of your book and I saw a little acknowledgement with my name at the end and it made my eyes water. And I'm so grateful for your friendship. And so where can everybody buy your book? It's available everywhere. 
You can get it at Target, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. And then I have a whole list. If you go to my, to jenatkin.com, I have a whole list of like a ton of different retailers that you can get it at. So you can support like local bookstores too. Amazing. Well, congratulations. I'm so proud of you and everyone go get Jen's book. Thank you guys. Thanks, Mariana, for having me. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next.